This is teddysmusic.com. Hi, I'm Albert. Hi, I'm Louis. Hi, I'm Dan. Hi, I'm Will. And, and here's, here's an introduction, introduction to Dark Side, Side of the Moon. Moon. Should we begin? Should we begin by you know just to just to play a little play? Sure. A bit of a speak to me. So. It's clay pottery. Yeah. I think. It's in a clay pottery bowl. Yeah. Pretty like chuck a bunch of coins and stuff in there. It's a wife's clay pottery bowl. Would it be ten? You just watched the same documentary. <laughs> Perfect, but Ed Sheeran starts playing. Um, so I should, yeah, we should, I should do a little introduction. We have, um, who do I start with? Who's my favorite student? I don't know. No, do you think maybe, maybe I don't know. Everybody's saying <laughs> each other. There are, there, there are pointing fingers everywhere in the studio. Um, okay, only fair way to do it is alphabetical. So that would be A, B, C, D, E, F. That'll be Dan Furon. Um, no, no, surname, surname, yeah. Dan Furon, um, A-level music tech students, um, physics and maths, A-level students, is with us. Um, you know, you've not really heard Doc's Side of the Moon before. Or I, have, have you? I have four times, maybe. Nice. All right, four times. Because yeah. I'm right. cultured, of course. Mm-hmm. And you'd probably all bully me if I hadn't listened to it. That was true. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's, that's definitely true. Um, and then we have Albert Hobson. Um Introductory remarks, Albert Hobson. Um, never really properly listened to Dark Side of the Moon, so um, I did it first, I'd say probably about a month ago when Louis had a go at me for saying I wasn't cultured enough because I hadn't listened to it properly. Um, but yeah, so it should be quite interesting to hear what especially Louis has to say about it. It's a lot of pressure. <laughs> yeah, this is all riding on you now. Oh dear. Louis Parr. Hello. Oh, it rhymes. It's a it's a P and an R. Parr. It does. 
Um, Dark Side of the Moon connoisseur, I believe. I mean, I don't want to set myself up to be a connoisseur. I just well, really like the things, album. You know? That's terrifying. I don't know. I just really like the album. I've listened to it quite a few times. Excellent. Excellent. And Will Robertson Accolade, last Hello. but certainly not least. Um... Oh, well, a bit, about, a bit about myself is so I do English history and music tech A-level, A-level um, and I love Dark Side of the Moon. Yep, yep, that's good. That's oh, a good yeah. introduction. Sorry, I, I, I said dance credentials, but then... Drama, English and music tech. I'm just the same as well. Yeah, yes, yeah. English history and, English and music tech. tech. A, a deadly combination. Yeah. Anyway, for for um, our listeners, I believe that well, the first podcast at Teddy's Music Blog, I've been told by Mr. Thompson, got 400 listeners. So, you know, this is no insignificant thing. And you know, if we get that kind of, uh, would you call it viewership? I don't know. Would you say viewership? Or fan base. Fan base. Yeah. Fan base. I like that. that. Might be work better. Yeah. I like yeah. That. If we get that kind of number, then I think I'd be quite happy. So, A level music tech. We're talking about Dark Side of the Moon. And um, yeah, that's the introduction done. Um, Dark Side of the Moon, 1974, I dare say. Three. Three. <sighs> no. Wow. I mean, I mean, these things are always, you know, one one year off, you know. Um, yeah, somewhat, sometime in the early 70s, anyway. Pink Floyd. Um, who was, who was the, uh, who who's in the band? Pink Floyd. It's Roger Waters, the bassist. Sid Barrett. Not for this album. No, no really. Mm. He kind of got no, locked he, up in a loony bin. Yeah, he was gone. Um, David Gilmore, guitarist. I can't remember who the drummer and the keys were. Was it Richard? Richard, Richard Wright, Wright died though. Keys. Mm. Mm. Did he? Which is very sad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Who was the drummer then? Died of cancer. Uh, Nick Mason. Nick Mason. Who likes cars? He was on Grand Tour. Fun fact. I think we've got them all. Yep. Yep. Nick Mason, Richard Wright, David Gilmore, Roger Waters. It's about it, isn't it? Yeah. Um, okay, so, you know, we've just listened to the first track, Speak To Me, which is really just, well, you heard it. You didn't even notice it was the first track. It was just a, a what, a 40 seconds, 40, 50 seconds of, of, yeah. of something that sounds like a heartbeat filled with lots of random noise. Just a nice um, sort of build up. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. And it all kind of explodes out in the next song. I think the heartbeat... Um uh, like portrays um the start of life because I think the whole album is about life and like different stages of life. So you have speak to me like your parents would speak to you when you're first born. And then breathing's like a first because breathing yeah, the second song it's like the first thing you kind of do. Going Damn. deep already, and it also ends on a heartbeat, so that could portray like new life. Yeah, at the very end. And then you know all the other songs kind of portray different stages of life. Isn't yep. uh, Great Gig in the Sky about death? Yeah, yeah, it is. I think so. Yeah. Us nice. and them is about war, I think. Yeah. Or like mm-hmm. disagreement. On the runs about travel. Yeah. Like yeah, touring. Like touring. The stress of touring. Wow. Mm. I didn't know this. And um, wait, who, who was it that hated flying? Oh, yeah. I think yeah. Roger Waters. I think it was Roger Waters. He hated flying. And when wrote, they were touring, so. like, yeah. it was a massive stress for him. And so that song was yeah. about it. Yeah. It was about yeah. that. Yeah. And money is about money. money. Yeah. The materialistic side of life when it comes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Oh, well, I didn't, didn't even. Yeah, I'd never even went that far into the research. No, nice one, guys. I think Money was their um, first number one hit. I think in the US as well. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, I, I suppose we should talk about the album cover as well. Actually, that's you know quite iconic. 
Mm. Yeah, they took something kind of benign and scientific and, and made it like a symbol, I think, for rock music and prog rock. Mm. Um, mm. Mm. Yeah. Also, when they decided on it, um, I can't remember who their designer was. I think he was like... Storm Thorgerson. Yeah, I remember his first name. Um, they were in like Abbey Road Studios and um, I think it was like a storage room and he had put up loads of... Um, uh, album covers along the walls and like the first one every single band member went to was that one, that one yeah and yeah. uh yeah and he was just like wait guys can you just like consider like tiny. even this one i put like a lot of work into these and they were just like no that one like unanimously they all, right. all said that that was the one wow. that they wanted nice. immediately nice yeah it's like a, well you've got the white light coming in and then you know, the diffraction happening through the the prism into the rainbow um, i think also i wonder why it suggests like so much yeah i think also just like their their concerts and how they had pretty crazy lighting yeah so they kind of like hid behind the light show but and like any mm. color you like is a song in there um and the, you know they kind of that, that that had crazy lighting when they nice performed it, so. yeah nice parallel the third to last track is any color you like yeah yeah nice i've already i've already discovered loads of stuff i didn't even know by me Cool. Well, and then we, well, so we went from Speak to Me and then went straight into Breathe in the Air. Um, okay, so, Will, you said something about this yesterday, didn't you? The wow. Oh, yeah, so wow, I, I, I was watching, like, a, um, a concert of Pink Floyd and then one of the band members, like, had this, I don't know, pretty, you know, big, like, flat thing which had strings from each each side. Yeah. Um, and he was like sliding his finger up and down to create the big sliding sounds. I mean, at first I thought it was like a slide guitar, like a bend, bend on a on a guitar string, but it's one of these things. And I think it's called like a V, V C, S, five. Something like Can that. pull that up. Use it on the whole album as well. Yeah. yeah, pretty yeah. common instrument. What was it mm. called again? VCS five. I don't know. I mean, it's, it definitely starts with V C. V C R. VC. I wonder why my Wi-Fi isn't. Uh... Nah, it's just coming up with golf clubs. No, look up like Pink Floyd to do. Maybe it's just sort of. a golf club. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe just the kind of resonating frequency of a golf club is just so perfect that you can Maybe. synthesize. With it. Wild imaginations of the world. VCS three. Yeah. Get it right. Oh, VCS That's three. Uh, hang on, I'm pulling up, getting an image. Pull it up real quick, Calvert. Uh. Just have a look at that. I don't think that's what Will's describing. No, I don't think it is. Oh, I swear that's what I saw in there. Hold on. I think it's just like a, a it's a type of slide guitar, but it's not like because you get different types. You get like an acoustic slide guitar, which you hold like a guitar, and then you get ones that are kind of flat, and you play with the slide, but it's like down here. And I think that might be what it is, because they do kind of make like noises like that like a kind of continuous or it could you be a fretless guitar could be I'd love to get one so well I stopped it before the vocals came in so should we carry on for a little bit we obviously don't have time to listen to absolutely everything but we at least we should be able to get through each track um, individually so anyway let's play a little bit of breathe in the air and um, see what we think
When at last the work is done, don't sit down. It's time to dig another one. Mm. What does it mean? Does it mean? I think it's like preparation, I think. Well, yeah. Like, it's just like advice, like, don't be afraid to care and, and kind of providing advice um, to someone less wise and younger, but also the recurring organ in this album just takes me away. Hammond. Well, yep, little Hammond in there, yep. Mm. Leslie, it's lovely. Mm. Well, in a song called "Breathe," I think um, just that, just that message of repetition is quite is, is quite mm-hmm. a clever theme. Mm. Yeah, yeah. What is it? Breathe, breathe in the air. Don't be afraid to care. Leave, but don't leave me. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Um, look around. Choose your own ground. I feel like a, like a kind of mm. leave, but don't leave me. Like a parental kind of thing, because obviously we all mm. know that some point we'll move out of home. And but obviously I think that's something that parents kind of think about of like, oh no, when are they gonna leave me? Mm-hmm. So it's an idea of kind of leaving out but always coming back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um Long you live and high you fly, smiles you'll give and tears you'll cry. All you touch and all you see is all your life will ever be. It's pretty awesome. When you when you say those things it could be a poem, couldn't it? It's um It could. Yeah. I think it is. Truly, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um bit nihilistic poem but it's, it's a good poem good yeah and and it's slightly you know less obvious feature is the drums but you know that's always the case with pink floyd really i suppose it's very much nick mason keeps it very simple um in general but it seems to work i'm a I huge think. fan of just kind of drum processing in the 70s something like they did it yeah and late 60s as well like when you see it like on abbey road and stuff but, um the drums in this album are definitely one of my favorite bits Mm. Um, it's the way they kind of ride on top they're, they're not really saying the bass or anything they're kind of just following but also leading a bit of the way as well mm. I don't know mm. yeah yeah if I, I think so most of this album was recorded in Studio 2 at Abbey Road um, which is the same as the Beatles you know same the one you always see the Beatles photos that's the, the large but not largest um, studio at Abbey Road but something tells me that the drums were recorded in three. No, I thought they most were, of it was done in yeah, three. Because, um, yeah, because uh, I know Wish You Were Here was done in Studio Three. Uh, yes, um, I remember a lot of it, especially the drums, was done in Studio Three because there's mm. loads of pictures of them in Studio Three. Yep. Yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah. They also used quadraphonic sound, I think. Yeah. They did, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they, wherever they went, they took a yeah. quadraphonic thing with them. Mm. Yeah, well, it was released in quadraphonic. It was one of the few albums to be released for to four channel. Well, yeah, four channels essentially. Yeah, 
Um, or, to be honest, my, my knowledge, quadraphonic was such an, well, quickly became obsolete um, and, well, just not consumer adopted, actually. Um, though I can't remember whether it was three channels with two stereo and one mono for both speakers at the back or four separate channels. I think it might have been four separate channels. Um, yeah, maybe with reverb, maybe chuck the reverb to the back or something. Yeah, but yeah it didn't really um, didn't really take off anyway. Um, I think you know, consumers got enough. You know, two two is enough, it seems. Yeah, for most. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, back to the back to the drums. Um, and I think the reason they sound so bright and so lovely is because they were recording the old drum room in Studio Three at the back of Studio Three, where the walls were mirrors. So the entire thing, the drum booth was mirrors. So, not the last you thing that? you should normally conventionally have for a drum booth. Well, I mean, why, why, why did you say that? And what? Well, what? Why might it have been the case? Because I think it was. Well, I think it was, um, everything was probably reflecting back and everything, and mm. more like yeah, signal so was coming into the microphones. Mm. Also, yeah. adds the symbols as well, makes them a bit kind of yeah, 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 shiny, makes it like oh, glossy and like oh, you know quite bright and fancy um so yeah that that used to be the old drum room um there in studio three it got replaced actually yeah yeah quite years ago just before i went there actually if you don't have that much like access to reverb or something i could add a bit of kind of ambience to it Mm. um that you can't really add digitally in the 70s yeah yeah exactly yeah so all right so should we move on on the run let's see what that's got so we just yeah we just uh Got through breathe. Yeah, well, that was on the run, quite literally. Yeah, that pretty, was um, pretty wacky. It was quite I intense. Think, that I think that's synth bit. Personally, I mean, obviously, I'm a lot more into electronic music, and that one just is probably the most interesting out of all of them in the album for me, at least, because I think the modulation is just really cool. And also how that um, uh, sequence was made. 
because um, they, I can't remember who did it. Um, so Gilmore did it yeah, first. Yeah, David Gilmore did it Roger first. Did it better. Yeah. Yeah, David Gilmore um, did an original, um, did the original sequence, and then Roger Waters did it better. So, um, and um, but it was originally played like really slowly, and then they sped it up a lot. Um, and it was like the first sequence uh, that they had ever seen on a synth. I think it was an e an EMS synth. It was a three oh three, right? The, the la, 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 yeah. la, 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 I think it was a three hundred three. Yeah, oh, yeah I think it was actually rolling uh, TB three hundred three. Yeah, I believe. Anyway, I, I, I I've seen a video of someone doing this, but I can't find it anymore. I saw it on YouTube once of, of him playing in the the very slow paced melody, do 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 do, do and then speeding up. Yeah, we found that last. Yeah, we found it. Brilliant. Oh, yeah. oh, you need to link. It's, it's, to on, that. it's on like a twenty minute, like thirty minute documentary. Yeah, ah, right. Um, yeah, yeah. There's not just the individual clip. Yeah, yeah. Nice, yeah. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, and well, maybe it was a three. Maybe it wasn't a three or three. I don't. I don't know. I think he mentioned. I think he said it was a three or three. Right? Mm. I don't remember that. Mm. Oh, I thought it was something else in the thing because I couldn't remember seeing a three or three. But um, because apparently here it was performed on an EMS synth, the synth AKS. But to be honest, there was maybe something else right. that I saw where some someone said it was something else. Maybe yeah. So who knows? Yeah, yeah. Who knows? And the kind of like modulation that's going up on top. Um, I think that's like just kind of slightly warping and stuff, and, and kind mm. of. I want to say that. There's, a, there's another bit. There's that um, like that, the the bigger synth, which sounds like a helicopter, and they and they and they, they they chop it up, make it sound like a helicopter, and and they also like make it artificial. Sorry. <coughs> like a like an artificial Doppler effect in a way. So, so it, it sounds like it's like coming overhead and then and then getting further away, mm -hmm. but they just they just they do that artificially, which is which I think is quite interesting. I yeah. knew you'd find a way to get physics into this. Oh, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah, successful. That, I think. Yeah, I think uh, yeah. That that bit. Yeah. The thing that just yeah. comes in and then fades away, and then mm. yeah, mm. and then they they do it again with like a plain sound. Like just, Maybe they just, just have to be got a synth on a table with wheels and just shunted it down a corridor at high speed with a microphone in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The disposable synth. If you've got one you can you can afford to throw Good. Any more any more I was uh, I also think um I mean all the all the samples and all the like the things you hear in it like um the like the footsteps they recorded in. Oh, yeah, and yeah. all the um the helicopter sounds it kind of it's I think the thing it's meant to emulate like the urgency of um touring because at the time they're on like a massive massive tour like doing these songs but also doing an older album I think and, yeah they're um, doing metal I think yeah and they and you know it's they were all pretty pretty exhausted and they were all you know doing 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 drugs at the time I think and uh, you know it's meant to emulate like the urgency of like touring and and uh and like how how crazy it can get mm. yeah. you, you know all those sounds in it kind of really shows it Very yeah yeah like footsteps and all sorts and there's voices there as well so, yeah and like airport sound effects yeah it just like gets crazier and crazier vocal sample it says something like they say like live today go tomorrow or something like that live for today yeah it's is it like Live Today, Die Tomorrow or something? Yeah, yeah. That was one of the technicians because they have like voices going throughout the album which is just they had like 
in one of the rooms they had flashcards uh, and things like when the, when was the last time you got physical and they had like for instance the bit like in Money where it's like oh, I was definitely in the right and she was like I don't know I was really drunk at the time it's because uh, two of their mates it was like a husband and wife had had a massive argument the night before and they're like when was the last time you got physical it was then uh, and she was just like oh he was cruising for a bruising he was like I don't know I was really drunk at the time I so. did not know that yeah Cool. Well, let's see if there's anything. I don't know if we got that vocal sample yet when we listened to it. Maybe we did. Maybe I didn't hear it. I don't remember hearing it anyway. I don't think we did. Maybe let's play for for another thirty seconds. Let's see see what we get. This is just them messing around the studio at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Just having a jolly old time. Spiffing. Spiffing. That's it. This song is just meant to provoke anxiety. <laughs> so I, can, I can see how it would get that across. Yeah, like sometimes I listen to the headphones and I'm like... <laughs> just stressing I'm out I'm scared. <laughs> That's cool. I think it definitely does a good job to get across Roger's um, fear of flying. Yeah. Like ending with this massive explosion, I think. Okay. Wow. So we heard that quote and we heard lots of other things. Yeah, and then some laughing there. I think all the explosions as well were all like synthesized as well. Yeah. They weren't sound effects. Yeah, yeah. They were, but they weren't like recorded what or sampled. Strange composition. More steps. This, I think, is my favorite. What is my favorite track on this album? Oh. Time has my favorite lyric. Yes. Yeah. Which is hanging on in quiet desperation is the English way. Yeah. 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 I think that's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. 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 Um, it's, it's time or brain damage for me. Um, either one is, I'm, I'm a big fan of. But anyway, yeah. So time obviously starts off with two minutes of, um, you know, well, something quite low key, isn't it? It's quite um, almost building up hmm. things, and then it then it goes into you know, full on uh, some big bells yeah. as well. It's very yeah. groovy. Mm. It scares you when you're just when you've like listened to on the run and it's just building up and it's just meant to oh, scare yeah. you. Yeah. Yep. When we were listening to it, yeah. and it was all silent and suddenly all the bells give. Like, oh, yeah. What happened? Yeah. Well, let's see. Let's see what that sounds like. I think it's right at the start, isn't it? Yeah. So here you go. Turn your volume down, listeners. Stressful. Yeah. Oh, 
I'd say that one bit is just way more stressful than on the run. It's very sonically satisfying though. I don't know why I find it. I just like the way it resonates. No. They're at a wonderful frequency, I think. Hello. <laughs> 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 I, I just like a good wonderful. Wonderful. Wonderful frequency. Spiffing frequency. <laughs> it's spiffing. Nice. Spiffing. So I've seen Roger Waters do this live, and that is his muted bass. That's how he's doing it live anyway. He's got his hand right up here on the bass, and he's going... Don't know whether that's the way they did it in the studio, but Could that's, be. that's the way um, he's, you know, one of his recent live um, gigs, you know, just Roger Waters, obviously. Um, that's how he was doing it. Don't know whether that's the way they did it in the studio, but there you go. I think it's like a metronome or something. I don't think it's a bass in that. I don't think it... Yeah, yeah. Can you hear the Celeste? as well it's just that kind of haunting. a bit of delay on there and everything yeah. yeah so legend has it that celeste is the same celeste as doom 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 really doom doom that's sick yeah that's you know that's the the, the legend or, or myth I don't know um, but they were both recorded at that studio both of the, both those pieces of music and um yeah, that the there is only one Celeste Abbey Road. That's the only yeah, there's only one. And yeah, if you play and I've played that Celeste, it's the same it, you get goosebumps because it's the same sound. Um so yeah, that's the that's the theory anyway. Dunno whether it's true. But that has to be true if I don't it? see why it wouldn't be. Yeah. I say we just just assume it's true and I'd love to, I'd love to think it's true. Yeah. Never yeah. talk about it again. Just yeah. never never doubt it. Yeah. 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 So anyway, yeah. Um, but that's most of what's going on there, I think. You know, apart from the, you know, the drums sound more like congas, don't they? Yeah. Bongos. Um, yeah. I think live they do it on toms, but I don't. Well, they used to do it live anyway. Um, yeah. And then you know it eventually kicks in. Um, I think Sorry, can I just can I just at the start at the start of that oh, yeah. the the start of it with all the with all the bells and the clocks and stuff. Oh, yeah, it yeah. makes makes the first three tracks feel like a dream, mm. in which at the end you you die on a plane. Mm. As morbid as that is, oh. it it makes it it makes it feel like that. So did you, sort of did you that just think of like, that? Yeah. So it, it, it feels like it feels like at the end of on the run you you you're in this massive plane crash and then. Yeah, yeah. I think we should write down a tally of how many times we're on big brains during the course of this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) That's good, actually. Yeah, we're in we're in May. Well, yeah, we're in May now. So I was kind of deep down. You okay? It's it's a long list. Like you're doing good. (laughs) All right. Yeah. Um, That's yeah. The explosion and everything. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's could be. Yeah. Um, That is part one. Dark Side of the Moon, great, let's stop recording.